elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 352. And now for my next number, I'd like to return to the classics. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, Jay the Jedi Ross, Ross Jedi Jane as always and forever. It is so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here with me in the Smoking Pod Studio. 352. 52. That makes me think of something. That makes me think of when this show started. Because when this show started, it was the beginning of the new 52. Way back when. And that was something we talked about a lot. Me and Potato Waste, if you'll remember in the beginning. For any loyal listeners who have been here over the past eight years. And my God, thank you, because I know there are some of you out there. Eight years. You've been listening to me ramble on. I hope you've enjoyed the adventure as much as I have. But yeah, back then, that was one of the first things we talked about a lot on this show. The New 52. I was a big fan of it. I liked a lot of stuff that came out of the New 52. I am a DC kid at heart. So, good to be back. We took November off. I apologize. But I had some stuff to do. A whole lot of stuff. But now all that stuff is done. So now, we get to make some pot again. So here we go. Last week, I was in Burlington. I was at the Burlington Toy Show. Steve Buckley, an excellent individual. He's a toy collector, he's a cosplayer, and he throws a couple shows around town. Coming up soon will be the GTA Comic Con, and I'll be there with Source Point Press, of course. But uh, last weekend, I was at the toy show hanging out. It was Dr. Stevel's birthday. Happy birthday, Dr. Stevel. Went there and hung out, saw a bunch of wonderful people. The Droids Canada boys. We got the geek. We had some conversations. Those will be coming up in the future. You'll get to hear those. But for now, part of my main reason for heading out to that show was that I knew our good friend, Mr. Sam Noir, would be there. If you're not familiar with Sam Noir, you don't listen to this show much, but Sam Noir is a comic book writer and toy aficionado. And he was there at the toy show selling some toys. I had recently finished the brand new season of The Toys That Made Us, and I had to talk to somebody about it, because I love that show. So if you're going to talk toys, there are few better than to discuss this topic with than Mr. Sam Noir. So that's what you're getting this week. You're getting a conversation. Now, we actually potted like crazy at that show. Uh, We talked about a few different things. We had a conversation about The Mandalorian, which you uh, may hear in the future. Um, Unless we re-record about that, because he hadn't seen them all. And I was like, oh, then we're going to have to wait, maybe do it regular, and I'd rather just sit down and, like, you know, talk about a chunk of it, right? But we'll figure that out. But for now, we're going to talk about uh, the brand new season of The Toys That Made Us. Uh, If you haven't seen this show, you need to see this show. And actually, yesterday... Or was it the day before? It was two days before. It was last Friday, I believe. If uh, Today is December 1st. It's a nice storm outside. So here we are, recording right now, during the worst ice storm I've seen since 2013. So uh, this will commemorate that. 
And if you're all thinking about it, remember that. Because it looks pretty nuts outside, and I think tomorrow's going to be pretty nuts. But anyways, I am digressing. Let's regress. Focus. Fuckus. Fuckus. Um... Yeah, so brand new season came out of the movies that made us, and that was very cool. It was Ghostbusters, Die Hard, uh, Home Alone, and what was the other? Home Alone, Ghostbusters, Die Hard. I'm completely blanking out. I'm having one of those blank out moments right here before you. This is kind of crazy. It was Home Alone. It was, I'll just keep saying the ones I know over and over again until another one magically pops into the list, I guess. But it was Ghostbusters. It was Home Alone. It was Dirty Dancing. And it was Die Hard. That's what it was. See, it did pop right in there. All I had to do was give it the opportunity. Dirty Dancing. And it was very, very cool. It's set up just like the toys that made us. Um... You know, but uh, anyways, the toys that made us were great as well. So I went to the toy show, as I've said a million times. So I'm going to stop yakking and let you enjoy uh, a conversation. Oh, wait, I'm not done yakking. Oh, no. No, indeed. December 7th, the Metro Toronto Convention Center, the Toronto Holiday Show is going down. And I will be there. Source Point Press. In the house, come check out the finest independent comic books in the land. Mr. Travis McIntyre may actually even be making an appearance. So uh, if you want to meet the editor-in-chief of SourcePoint Press, then holy shit, come on out to the uh, Toronto Fan Day show and say hello to uh, the big red beard himself. Um, but other than that, again, here you go. My conversation about the toys that made us season three. With Mr. Sam Noir. Yeah, now I remember. It was like jamming on the jamming on jamming on the one jamming on the one. Rudy, 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 Rudy. Rudy. I don't know what to say. Um, it's always hard to think about the Cosby Show. It now. is. Like, it, it is. It's literally impossible for it to come up without bad feelings. It is icky. You know what I mean? It's it like, is icky. Yeah. I actually had. Uh, uh, well, free tickets at like Casino Rama. What? For well, my parents uh, have, uh, you know, they're they're whatever the, the they belong to the club up at Casino Rama. Okay. Buses them up there, and sure. they get to see shows for free if they spend a X amount of time at the slots or the card table. And so yeah, you get to see like you know I, I saw the Cure, you know I got my parents got free. That's cool. No no sorry the cults the cults the cults. Not I saw the cults. No cool. no oh, but still cool. <laughs> still cool. Uh, B52s and uh, the Bangles I think had a show up there. So I would uh, I would totally do the Bangles. But oh my God, Susanna Hoffs, have you seen a movie called The All Nighter? Uh, no. Ah, if if you are a fan, yeah. I I recommend uh, the eighties. Never acted. The, 80s, well, I don't know if you'd call it acting, but the 80s teen <laughs> comedy, uh, uh, The All-Nighter, no. is uh, my recommendation That's for one to find. a Susanna Hoffs The fan. reason, kids, that we have the 80s on our minds at this very moment is we are currently here sitting at the Burlington Toy Show. In Canadian Toy Con. Is that, is that one specifically? Canadian Toy Con? I think the rebrand is... Uh, Can- as, well, as doesn't the- he do them all separately? 
Well, as the, like the Canadian. Oh wait, as the social media uh, guy, theoretically for uh, the Canadian Toy Con, he does have the Facebook page Burlington Toy Show. But I think a little while ago, uh, Steve, right. Steve, Buckley, Steve Buckley, who runs the yeah. the show, has uh, umbrella branded uh, his three brands are Canadian Toy Con, okay, um, GTA Con, GTA Comic Con, right, and the brand new Harry Potter. Right. No, no, no. no. I'm, we can't say Harry Potter. That's right, we can't. The Wizards and Witches Ball, <laughs> nice. which is uh, coming up in about two weeks. He's been into that hardcore the past like yeah, two, two years. Yeah, he's had screenings, and he's trotted out. St- uh, our, our, our good friend Stevel has been running around uh, uh, at Steve Buckley's behest as uh, S- Snape. Snape yeah, and he's, yeah. he does, actually does a great Snape. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, does, yeah. Uh, he does great at whatever he does. So no. it, it does get confusing because uh, Steve puts on these wonderful, wonderful shows, and there yes. are also are the uh, the Mississauga shows. Uh, um, no, Mississauga is different. Uh, exactly, but what's his name is what I'm saying. Is, that, oh, is it Neil uh, or uh, Ian? Colin. 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 That's right. Uh, and, right. And he's got, well, they're, they're essentially the same show, but again, they're branded four different things. I think it's like the Action Figure Expo and right, the yeah. TFCon, Transformers Con. And, right, you right. know, Between the, the two of them, though, between Colin and Steve, they got toys wrapped up yes, in this region. Yes, uh, if You're either in Burlington or you're either in Mississauga, and it's pretty much the same people in the same dealers. So, But there's seems like more of this show. It seems like there's a lot of vendors here that I don't recognize. Yeah, you, they've come from well, in places. Burlington, you get the, the folks from, like, Kitchener and Hamilton in a little more so yeah 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 yeah. you get people coming from further uh uh west it's neat how the toy community is always in flux with the new and the old it is it is there's always new stuff and there's always discovering old stuff and that's the beauty of walking around this room and you've got things like uh the toys that made us uh the new the the netflix show that's been nice segue sam that's been around for excellent uh, segue uh (laughs) what a year or two now uh three well this is the third season so i'd say about three years probably i mean it took a while for the new season to come out i think the first and second season dropped within the same year they were closer than this one was. Yeah, yeah. They were I don't like know if they expected it to get as popular as it did. I mean, it's a huge success. Yeah, and well, the nostalgia factor, right? The 80s kids are all grown up now. Yes and no. Like, yes, absolutely. But I think there's a lot more to it. They're just so well done. The yes. documentaries are so yes. well put together. Not 100% accurate, I, I need to say. Um, the, the, the Star Trek and Mego stuff was a, a... There was some inaccuracies, but... The, specifically, uh, the way they structure some of the episodes. The, we yes. just saw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle one. Right. And the little mini story arc about yes. the two creators was wonderful. That, yeah, so, the way they ended it so off. So it is and... very, very... Well, just to, to fill folks in, uh, Peter Laird and Kevin Eastman are the two indie comics creators who, who you know, by themselves, without... Your big corporation, Marvel, in their living or DC, room, right? Mirage uh, created, Studios, yeah, because there was no studio. Created it was their living room, <laughs> created Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But at at and uh, I can fill in the backstory for those who uh, have seen uh, the toys that made us. Nice. Uh, you should start doing commentary tracks to fill in the gaps. I. That's I, the thing about toy history is there does seem to be so much. Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, dispute over certain things that have occurred. Yes, you know? yes. So many uh, people claim to have invented this or invented that. The masters that. of the universe folks are, right. are notorious for that. It, it yeah, yeah. What I seem to get out of it is the one guy came up with the name He-Man. 
and then the other guy did everything else. Well, there's even the animated, uh, the animated series guy. Because before that, He-Man was just sort of a, okay. Well, first there's the little store. There's the original action figures, right? Which uh, yeah, the little again, mini comic yeah, books. Yeah, so yeah. The, when he was more of a Conan, you know, prime right. primeval kind yeah. of. Uh, Barbarian character, yeah. and then because uh, they were little storybooks, like pro yeah, storybooks, and then they turned into little comic books. And DC actually had their three issue miniseries where they created a backstory, right? Yeah, and then uh, the mini comics uh, that would uh, contradict the, right. the, the the you know second and third wave action figures. Because who was the old guy which... who kept going ball? Remember that? Like, <laughs> I can't remember. Like he came up with I think the name. Yeah, and yeah. And then the artist guy who also worked on. He was on a new episode and the new ones because he also worked on My Little. Oh, that's Pony? right. Yeah, the guy who claims he. Yeah, I, I think so because yeah. there's multiple people claiming they created My Little Pony as well. And, oh, it's so. Confusing. And you know what? Yeah. Uh, there, there is especially He-Man. Uh, uh, very because, like I said, you've got the action figure, you've got the that had the little storybooks, the comics, yeah, and then the animated series, which created a whole different mythology, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. so I think everybody has a little bit of claim. You can't say one sole. Oh, person. they're obviously like I think they pointed pointed out on the show too how these things come together through teams. You know, yes, very rarely yes. does one person come up with no, something. No, absolutely. I mean, even Eastman and Laird when they came up with the turtles, a lot had to be evolved to turn it into absolutely what it became, yeah right although I mean, the, the basic premise and and the other thing is teenage mutant ninja turtles originally started off as almost a well actually started off as a spoof yeah of frank miller absolutely uh they daredevil frank miller and daredevil daredevil. Yeah. daredevil is in the turtles origin yeah, the if, foot the hand yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. what the the mutagen <laughs> that mutates the the um turtles is the is the isotope that falls off the truck, hits Daredevil in the eyes when he saves the old man, blinding him, granting him his powers, and then the canister bounces into the sewer. It's brilliant. And that's what mutates Splinter and the (laughs) Turtles, right? It'd be cool if Marvel put that into canon. And that that turtles, would be fun, right? but unfortunately, different dueling uh, corporations. If Disney eventually owns they will, the turtles, hey, nice how we just say Disney when they eventually <laughs> own the well, world. Well, they yeah. yeah. Well, as we know recently, uh, Peter Laird, who was at the end the sole controlling Which interest. Which was weird. In, I didn't know. I thought it was the other way. I thought no, Eastman no. held on, but they brought him in just to like help afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Well, he. Do you, do you want to know the? I'll, I'll fill you in on the story. So uh, we got to the point where Eastman split, right? In, right. In, in in the he sold it to Laird for what was it six or first? It, it was much less than the the right, thirty right. or sixty million he got the or 60 whatever. Sixty million later, but yeah, it was Laird much less. for Nickelodeon, right, yeah, yeah, much much less than that. But still, he had a lot of millions. Oh yeah, they, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll I'll fill you in on. And at least they seem to have always invested wisely. Like neither um, of the two of them. Well, not. Let me fill you they, in. Neither of them ever seemed homeless. No, they're not right? homeless. But right. allow me to fill you in because okay. there's been some. There is some speculation, and there is some in the comic book history. Uh, at least the Eastman end of things has been crazy. Right. Like, wonderfully crazy, though. Uh, so, they they split. Uh, right. uh, Peter ended up with the controlling, you know, right. portion, uh, yeah. as, as we saw in the do- in right. Toys That Made Us. Yeah. Uh, Kevin sold his half to Peter, so Peter was the sole controlling uh, interest. And then, 
uh, the two of them wanted to be altruistic, but they did it in different ways. Kevin Eastman, as he hinted at, went off to live this rock and roll lifestyle. Like, yeah, he yeah. hung out with Simon Bisley, and they drove across the country partying and yeah. drinking and just throwing money around. Uh, yeah. uh, I have drank with Simon Bisley. There you and go. I can tell you firsthand what there an you adventure go. that fucking and, is. And yeah, so you can imagine, <laughs> they, they, it appeared they, they were BFFs back then. Right. So uh, Peter Laird, wanting to be altru- altruistic, started up the Zerick Grant. Okay. So it was a charitable foundation. So from a business point of view, he could write it off, where he would give grants to uh, indie cartoonists who had work that needed uh, printing money. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And for years, like, there's, there's a who's who of um, uh, indie creators who owe a great debt of thanks uh, very quietly, too. Uh, you hear about it in the industry, but you very rarely hear it outside of the industry, how influential the Zurich grant was okay. to launching a lot of careers. On the other hand, uh, Kevin Eastman started a company called Tundra. And uh, uh, there's a lot. Uh, Paul Jenkins, the, the writer Paul Jenkins, right, uh, yeah. uh, was the editor-in-chief at Tundra. And he's got a ton of stories that you can probably look up. But the, the, the Reader's Digest is... Uh, Kevin Eastman sunk a bunch of money, like some some figure like fourteen million dollars wow. into Tundra with altruistic intentions. Like the who's who of indie comics at the time all came under the banner of Tundra. I think Madman, Mr. Monster, um, uh, Steve Bissett's taboo horror anthology. He he just gave them huge advances and some of them didn't even produce their comics like obviously guys like Mike Allred right. made full use of it you saw Madman comics come out under Tundra uh, there was the infamous um, uh, incomplete Alan Moore epic called Big Numbers that was originally drawn right, right. by Bill Sinkovich yeah. uh, which was and then continued by Al Columbia but never continued after that that was under the the uh, Tundra banner so did uh, he just not run this well or here's what happened uh, again Paul Jenkins uh, look up uh, Paul Jenkins Tundra I think there's might be a word balloon interview there's it's it's crazy how how insane this was essentially if you remember in the uh, Toys That Made Us story there was an uncle that came in with, like, they borrowed a grand or two to print that first run of Turtles right. that sold out. Okay. So this uncle, because he felt indebted to this uncle, he put him in charge of Tundra Publishing. Okay. And, uh, yeah, this uncle didn't know anything about comics, Aww. apparently, allegedly. Uh-huh. He didn't know anything about, you know, comics. Right. But, uh Eastman felt indebted to him. Sure. Now, when you think about it, if you're pouring, and again, I'm, I'm just pulling this number out, out of the air. I, uh, you know, let's, yeah. let's say 14 million right. into this 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 company. Um, why not just take you know a million or two and buy your uncle a nice house, a yacht? That'll show the appreciation, right? Right. Uh, instead of putting him in charge of your 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 company. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and it, and again, it, it sounds insane. Or a more just helpful role rather than you know the yeah, head honcho yeah. maybe. And, and again, folks can can totally look this up. I, I probably don't have the details. Wow, that's crazy. Hundred percent. But not only that. Uh, so what did he do after that fell apart? Uh, well, uh, 
uh, I was uh, uh, essentially Tundra not only took down themselves uh, because there was a distribution war and all sorts of craziness they merged with a, a really famous underground uh, publisher called Kitchen Sink run by a, a, a legendary uh, underground uh, cartoonist named Dennis Kitchen and you know he he was intrinsic to the 70s movement but in I'm familiar 80s, with Kitchen Sink yeah, in the yeah. 80s he was also 70s and 80s he was also Will Eisner's publisher so right. all the graphic novels all the groundbreaking uh, graphic novels Droopsy Avenue and uh, Contract with God all those The Spirit Magazine all those were published by Kitchen Sink as well as some some other great uh, indie titles one of my favorites was Kings in Disguise a 1930s uh, a melody drama about uh, hobos riding the rails. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, they merged and then they ended up taking down this venerated, legendary uh, underground publisher as well. Wow. Uh, amidst all this, Kevin has said in interviews, uh, the one thing he doesn't regret during this time is that uh, he discovered Heavy Metal Magazine was for sale. Oh. So he bought Heavy Metal magazine, of which he still has interest, and uh, yeah, okay. was, so so sort of revigorated that somewhat because he was getting Simon Bisley and other right. like you know more sort of current rock and roll yeah. artist into there, and then uh, he also uh, married Penthouse Pet of the year, you know, 1990, whatever. He did it up right, huh? Julie Strain. Wow. Uh, star of a number of... Sounds well, familiar. Well, I don't know if you know Andy Sidaris. Yes. But uh, he basically is best known, if you go into Blockbuster back in the day, they had a special section called Wild Action. <laughs> and the formula he Andy Sidaris came up with was uh, uh, boobs... Gun or boobs, babes, and uh, explosions. Right, right, right. So you know, uh, he 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 hire uh, Playboy playmates and penthouse pets <laughs> to star in these action movies, flash a little skin, right, and fire guns, and you know, uh, ride motorboats and do car chases and blow things up. Uh, uh, Pat Morita starred in some of these really? movies as the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. Uh, uh, Ponch. So he kept moving along. Who was Ponch from uh, Chips? Uh, uh, S- um, no, we want to say Emilio Estevez, yeah, but it's yeah. totally not. Uh, he starred in Eric Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada. Yeah, it was, they would get celebrities to be the, right. the guest villain in these movies. That's fun. And they had a rotating cast of, of uh, nubile women who played, quote-unquote, secret agents or femme fatale, and Julie Strain was part of their roster. And, uh, yeah, it's Are they still together? Uh, no, they've, they've since divorced. Uh, but... Um, the end result is uh, you look at like a lot of the covers and stuff like that from that era he must have spent like a lot of money getting the top artists right who's who Olivia Boris Vallejo Julie well it's unfortunate because that is kind of the time period that things like heavy metal kind of started to you know slow down in popularity right Rama so it was almost this vanity thing for his wife where uh, he would publish uh, you know photos of her photos books and she dominated the covers and the interiors of Heavy Metal magazine because the greatest artists 
and she was a, a very statuesque woman. She right. was like an Amazonian femme fatale. Right. Um, and yeah, he he, he had a they great had like life. a sunny and chair thing going he on. He had a yeah, yeah absolutely. He even guessed. <laughs> what year did Nick Nickelodeon in, buy the turtles? Uh, Early, it was probably mid nineties. Earlier this decade. No, no, no. It was. Uh, was it that the late? Team. Yeah. Yeah. Two thousand and it might have been like I want to say five to eight years. It was ago. really nice of them to bring him back on at least, though. You IDW, know, to keep yeah. him in the family. Well, it and... was IDW. Was it? Yeah. I... So IDW licenses now licenses uh, the turtles right uh, in comic book form from uh, Nickelodeon right, and now that. Because they, they gave the impression in the toys that made us that he, like, Nickelodeon brought him in and was like, can you help with the show and the this and the that and just kind of be our, um, our like, you know. Yeah, maybe he maybe yeah. he is involved with the new show, but yeah. he's mostly involved in the, uh, since, since Peter uh, sold it to Nickelodeon, he came back and did a lot of work on the comic. Now, he's poured loads of money into Tundra. The other thing is, he poured loads of money into. Uh, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the original heavy metal movie oh, from yeah. the 1980s. Yes, you with, are. Uh, Canadian, <laughs> with a Canadian voice cast, John Candy as Richard Corbin's den. You know, I think Joe Flaherty. In yeah, a bunch of them are in it. Levy. Yeah, are in it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is O'Hara so, in it? Catherine O'Hara is she in? I can't remember, but um, in the but either way, yeah. in the 90s. Again, Kevin Eastman poured a bunch of money into producing Heavy Metal 2, which was called FAC2F.A.K.K, as a vanity project for his wife, Julie Strain. And, you know, I'm not a fan of this movie. I I can appreciate it. I didn't even know there was a second Heavy Metal, man. Basically, they created uh, a little mini... Him and Simon Bisley, who were, were, you know... Uh, tight, tight, like, like, you know, tight, 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 right. parting together. They did a number of projects together, but one of them was this graphic novel that they translated into uh, the animated heavy metal uh, too. Because at the time, they finally ironed out the um, music rights, and heavy metal the movie was finally after you know whatever it was uh, a decade and a half released onto home video in the 90s right yeah uh, to great i remember success. that like, yeah you know even though that's when i first saw it i first yeah i had cuz it was cancon it was considered canadian content i would go over to my friend's house and watch it on pay tv Nice. Like it was on heavy rotation on one of the three pay TV. Channels. I had a, I had an, I had a ex girlfriend years ago who uh, her older sister had a copy at her apartment. Yeah. So we'd go over there and watch it. Well, uh, when I was, uh, I, I went uh, uh, to Ryerson for a term, and. Uh, I got a bootleg copy from a guy. He had a blanket like spread. Oh, nice! Yeah. Center and had like bootleg copies of like uh, Roger Corman's Fantastic Four, which wasn't released at the time. Right, right. The unreleased uh, Captain America movie, which nice. was a red, eventually went straight to video. Yeah. And heavy metal. And heavy so metal. So I watched this thing like. You <laughs> and know. years later, along comes Cauldron. There you go. Absolutely. So what did we get? We got. Uh, it was nice to see in the end. Them, you know, kind of come back together because I, you, I don't. Yes. You and I had already it, knew that they had 
yes. like come back together. I, well, I've known just from cons in the past that there were a couple yeah. that he convinced Peter to come out yeah. and do like some special occasions. Yeah. So at least they're on speaking terms. Yeah. You know, if they're not the bestest friends that they you can were, tell there's a little bit of hard feelings. So, like, absolutely. Especially when he he was had that regretful. Yeah, I don't get to. I didn't see any of that. Whatever it was, sixty million. Right. Or, right. Or but at least whatever. they don't seem to harbor enough ill will yeah, that again, they're not able to that, enjoy what the turtles has yeah. become together right? however however that that meeting at the end was constructed on the toys that made they us totally they constructed had a, they yeah. had a nice little arc because both yeah. of them said oh I miss my friend I just miss John miss my with my friend, friend. Yeah. yeah so they yeah. got them together and they you know ended the show drawing together yeah it's very and sweet reminiscing it is yeah. absolutely now yeah. here's the other thing um, just to right. just to continue our story so in recent years uh, Kevin has like gone back to creating comics. Yeah. Um, uh, he's gone back to doing covers. He's gone back on the conventions. Doing a lot of covers, a lot of conventions. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it's like my my question is again. Uh, this is purely speculation on my part. Yeah. Um, does he need to financially? Because otherwise, you know, is it just for the fans or does he? Because uh, there Probably was both. Well, let me let me let me. Right. Frame it in this context. A uh, year or two ago, there was a Kickstarter for Kevin's new, uh, I believe, semi-autobiographical comic series. Okay. About a comics creator who, when he was young, experienced success. As as the little blurb said, and again, I'm I'm paraphrasing and probably half remembering what the premise was because I haven't read it yet, and I really want to read it. Right. Uh, paraphrase. Success came too early to this character in his, you know, semi-autobiographical comic book, and uh, and he created something like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like it was like you know the uh, you know uh, Kung Fu cheerleader, you know, right, bunnies yeah, or or yeah, something like yeah, that, and he yeah. actually came out with a comic of comic awesome. within the comic. I remember all the rip-offs, like radioactive oh, yeah, black yeah. belt hamsters and biker mice from when, Mars. Yeah, and, and all when you that, think yeah. about it, the only thing that's left is Usagi Yojimbo. Turtles yeah. has has stood the test of time, and then Usagi Yojimbo, which again was its own thing. It's such a personal creation of Stan Sakai. Yeah, and Usagi and they was, got to cross over. At yeah, least, was right? he was in the and Turtles Cerebus. cartoon? Cerebus and the Turtles Cerebus crossed, crossed over, over yeah. as purely. Uh, the comic issue right, yeah. eight of the comic, but Usagi, who also crossed over, got to appear in the cartoon yes, show yeah, and got yeah. his own turtles, awesome. playmates, action figure. figure. Yeah. Uh, supposedly, Dave Sim, creator of Cerebus, uh, did have a conversation uh, with you know the toy and animation people and basically said, "No, thank you." Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's too uh, bad. It is, but well, I guess not. If he doesn't care, who the fuck else it, cares? Exactly. Right? So you know. Exactly, and it was nice that you know Stan Sakai at the time, and I think there's another character that was also an indie creation, Panda Con. I think was okay. also a sort of indie creation. Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it, uh, the the blurb of this miniseries, and again. Folks, Google it because I'm not probably not doing it justice. But right. um, the you know, and after the the you know, he, he married a, a playmate and this and that, and now he's you know at the end of the road. The money's gone. The rock and roll lifestyle's gone. The, yeah. the trophy wife's gone. Like yeah. this was kind of the description, and it sounded kind of sad. And I'm like, kind of sitting there when I read this description, going, how much is this is real? Yeah. Like how much? Because when you think about it, he did like. 
he 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 did have millions, right? But divested early, uh, uh, like got out of it early enough yeah. that. Uh, that and and when you think about it, pouring millions into Tundra, he lost millions on Tundra. He ob- he probably lost a lot on that animated uh, heavy metal movie. Yeah. Well, it and, seems like he's learned a lot of lessons. And it has been. And maybe he's gotten. He does kind of have to make up for it now but, because to walk away from something like Turtles when mm-hmm. it's making the money that it is, well, you ride not, that shit no, no, out. I, I understand him. You know. Selling controlling interest. I don't. I don't at all because he, no, no, no. he was getting. No, 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 he gave it all away. He had nothing no, no. to do here's, with turtles. Here's the one thing that he should have done. I understand him saying, "I don't like. I want to move on with my life. Right. You know, I have other creations you to keep do. Peace. You keep the royalty. Yes. yes. You keep like, the piece of the action. That's ego at play. It's got to be ego at play. Th- him thinking, oh, I, I'll do another well, thing or something. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you walk away? I yeah. don't care how empty you are you can do something else without having to give up every little bit of your royalties I yeah mean, yeah i and, mean and obviously that's the foresight but but as he said he was in his 20s yeah peter was in his 30s oh dude i can't judge the shit i did in my 20s yeah. is absolutely ridiculous and he went on and and he probably doesn't re- regret it come on so who else did we have uh on the season we had so it started with he-man which for me was my biggest toy oh, ever okay sorry so uh, toys that made us yeah uh this season this Four-episode so, arc right. was... It was um, not He-Man. It was Turtles, sorry. So, Turtles, yeah. Wrestling, My Little Pony, and uh, what was the, the fourth one? It was I'm, Ponies? I'm, ponies, wrestling. wrestling, Turtles. What are we missing? And... Uh, Power Rangers. Power Rangers. Yeah, which, again, is The first time they've done a toy beyond my time. This, this is what I love, because uh, I've been saying... you. You know I've been telling this story for years, and I'm even wearing the T-shirt today. Right. Do you know what this T-shirt is? No. This is Japanese Spider-Man. Oh, because he's got the man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spider-Man. Right. And I love the fact that they did acknowledge that Power Rangers came because I've been saying right. this for years. I've been telling you, yeah, like, uh, yeah. and anyone yeah. else who will listen, that uh, Japanese Spider-Man. Uh, created the formula, yeah. their adaptation, Absolutely. where uh, their their the the Spanish dressed superhero would call upon his giant transforming right. robot to come down and yeah. uh, fight the kaiju. Uh, rumors that he will be in Spider Verse too, Japanese Spider Man. I am very very <laughs> excited. Cool, well, <laughs> when he showed up in the Spider Verse comic. Oh, did he? I, I was by myself and fist pumping <laughs> when he showed up. Because I, as, as I've told you many times, as a kid, I went to Hong Kong to visit my grandmother. Yeah, yeah. And uh, dubbed into, from Japanese to Chinese was Japanese Spider-Man. And I'd come back to North America and tell everyone, as, as you know, yeah. a little, you know, seven or eight-year-old kid that Spider-Man was, you know, there's a show where Spider-Man's like an Asian dude right. who has an awesome, like, rides around in a motorcycle and then and he got his a, powers in a weirder way, too. Yeah, he, he, he yeah. From, from aliens, yeah. he's, he's a right. spider, he's nice. the emissary of hell. Right. That's the weirdest and, part. And, you, and also, I, I've showed you what? <laughs> I showed you how he transforms into his costume, yeah, right? Seen it's it, hilarious. Yeah, it's it pops out of his uh, yeah, wrist yeah, thing, yeah. and and then you get the little zipper, and suddenly he's inside the, <laughs> the thing. But that's the first toy they've done that was after my time being into toys. 
Oh, Power, uh, yeah. Power Rangers. Yeah, I, I was never, you know, it was, I, you know, I, it was well done the episode. Yeah, I was surprised how much I enjoyed the My Little Pony episode. Yeah, like, just they, no, they're no. so well done. They it have a nice little story arc. About, you They've know? created a nice little yeah. story arc right. with the creators. Like. So, what do you think's left? I'm, I'm thinking, strawberry shortcake. Obviously, yeah. Um, but I was also having trouble thinking of. Uh, other ones that are left that are that iconic. Well, you've heard they're doing a spin-off TV show, right? Yes. The what is it? Movies. Movies that, movies made, that us. made us. Yeah, yeah. So I'm That'll sure Ghostbusters excellent. will show up um, there. Jay Fosgit, artist Jay Fosgit, made a wonderful suggestion. They should do an episode on Toys or Toys or Us. Yes, absolutely. Because Toys R Us has been mentioned in every episode they've done. Absolutely. And played such a big part in what was successful yes. back then. That would be cool to do a history of Toys R Us one. And every time, like, you know, I like to to hang out at toy stores and take pictures and stuff like that. And yeah. uh, all my friends in the U.S., my fellow toy collectors who I've networked with on social media, are always hugely, uh, uh, you know, jealous that... We still have Toys R Us up here in Canada. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was sad because usually... I heard a few are popping up there again, though. Aren't they uh, trying again? I think they're doing mall pop-ups is okay. the experiment. Yeah, And yeah. they still exist in Japan. They still exist in... Uh, actually, the Japanese Toys R Us are awesome. Like, you I'm can sure they're get... they insane. Uh, as gifts, like, like uh, as gifts... Uh, executives give each other these tiny little suits of samurai armor so you get those at Toys R Us you've got all the Ultraman and uh, Kamen Rider and Godzilla vinyls there nice the wrestling was really interesting in in that I had no idea that it just kept hopping companies Mm -hmm. company hopping all the way along yeah and these ones here like I can't even recognize but like the original ones we're used to the solid ones we grew up with the LJN one yeah they didn't last too long eh yeah before it was another company I don't remember that in our minds like this was the wrestling figures of our childhood I I don't remember any of the others but But they were barely around but my my wrestling fandom was fairly but I guess people kept buying the toys as we got older because they're still out there and they're still being bought and Fairly successful enough. I had no idea about all that company oh, yeah. around. Oh yeah, no, no. Like I, I haven't been. You know, my my. I was into wrestling as a kid for a very short period, the classic period. You know, yeah, the Hulk yeah. Hogan, Roddy Piper. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I, I think by the time I my interest had gone elsewhere. You know. Now being at the show here, there's one toy that you know I am so you know nostalgically attached to being He-Man. What is the deal with the hugely varied prices? For Masters of the Universe figures, are you talking about the classics I'm or the about new the classics. ones? Or, okay, I'm talking about the classics, but you can find ones that are cheap and like missing parts and paint yeah, in yeah. a bin yeah. for like a couple bucks. But yeah. sometimes people have those for like you know ten, twenty bucks. Like, and then I'll see a full He-Man mint out of box for sometimes twenty bucks and sometimes two hundred bucks. What is the disparaging difference here? Um, well. You did see the Masters of the Universe episode, yes. right? Uh, condition is is huge, right? Uh, and yeah, dealer. dealer Do you think they prices. were just that mass produced? Is that part of it? There's yeah. so many of them. Well, that's out the there. thing. He Man, He Man, and Skeletor, like the basic figures. Right. I think they went on for a while, and then they finally refreshed them with the Cap Fighters and yeah, all the yeah. rest. Yeah. But I, I honestly do believe that there, there were a lot. It's like Star Wars, right? Right. There's so many of like they produced. You know, Darth Vader, the basic figure set, like yeah. the the, the yeah. original Darth Vader, Stormtrooper, etc., uh, uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. 
all the way through to the Return of the Jedi, right? Right. Um, but at the very end, there was Power of the Force. Right. Kept Power of the Force the won. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, uh, after Return of the Jedi... Uh, there was, was power. Was the power force of the force. That's, one. Yes, that's the original lightsabers, power the, the whistling lightsabers with the hollow handles that I have. You know the long plastic ones that are like oh, permanent. Was that power of the force? Yeah. That okay. Was, those were power of the force. Um, yeah. The figures though were characters like Han and Carbonite, and it there was no yeah. longer a movie to support it, so right. they had characters like the Imperial dignitary. You know, Adam and Man and Man and Man. And that's not his name, but right. uh, you know, I'm kidding. But uh, uh, Anakin uh, was it Anakin Skywalker? But Luke in stormtrooper disguise, yeah. Han in Carbonite, uh, yeah. And these are all the most for on for the most part, you know, not counting, let's say, blue, blue uh, snaggletooth or right. or yeah. uh, vinyl J- Jawa or you know yak face or whatever. For the most part, uh, the power of the force ones are the hardest to find because it's the end of the line. Right. So right. He-Man's very similar in that regard too. Like there in all action figure lines, like if they were produced less if they were less popular if they were towards the end of the line yeah uh, it's yeah. funny how they talk about uh, buzz off in the show in the episode on the toys that made us because they say at one point on the shelves there was nothing but buzz off yeah yeah and I remember that I remember going to Kmart and seeing nothing but buzz offs on the shelves and the peg yeah. warmers event because no one gets the peg warmers because they're less popular a yeah. lot of times the peg warmers eventually become the collectible one, because no one uh, supposedly again, I I don't know. This is just sort of Except you if know no one bought them, talk or they just talk destroyed. Depends talk if amongst what the, got destroyed. Yeah, yeah, but this is just sort of talk amongst collectors. I don't know if this is true, but uh, supposedly uh, Jar Jar, like there's a small spike in uh, Jar Jar because no collector got kids got Jar Jar, took them off, played with them, but no real collectors really like Jar Jar enough yeah. to collect them. Yeah. So uh, uh, you know, a mint on the card Jar Jar right. or whatever is apparently a little harder to find you've uh, you've, not- you've segued beautifully into Star Wars uh, Sam no worries Do- beautifully but you know what I did see one of the favorite things there's two things I've seen today that are my favorite so okay. far there is a WKRP record player microphone yes, I set saw over that. there, that like a DJ brilliant. table. Yeah, it's one hundred and fifty dollars. Amazing! I was I was Amazing. very tempted. And the because you see no WKRP. I didn't know stuff. it existed. You never yeah. see that shit. And it's got the stickers enough. It's, oh yeah, Lonnie Anderson. I'll and be surprised Johnny if Bieber some serious and... collector didn't grab that today. But also the Fisher Price figures. But they're the little, like, fireman and, and cop in the helicopter. Are you talking about the little peg guys? Yeah, but the, they... The, the original little people? Or? No, they're they're almost in between, and it was oh, a particular wait, set. the Fisher-Price adventure people? Yes, yeah. The and, three, three-quarter inch. Yeah, and then they, like, they had the, like, kind of grass pans, and they you had the You know the story helicopter. about those, right? Those were the prototypes they used. Oh, is that what it is? If, it, I don't know, it's start, just one specific okay. set I saw over there that I remember having. This is, this is a real... helicopter. This is a real inaccuracy. A lot of people like to say that G.I. Joe and Star Wars was the big three three quarter um, innovators. Right. When in fact, right before that, there was a Micronauts doing the G.I. Joe O ring thing right. from Japan, which shrunk down uh, uh, Super Joe or G.I. No, no, not Super Joe. Uh, uh, whatever the Japanese G.I. Joe was right. and the hen- oh, Henshin Cyborg. So G.I. Joe went to right, Japan, right. became. Uh, uh, a military figure there, and then they turned him into a cyborg. It was called the Henshin Cyborg, and 
at 12 inches, and then they shrunk him to three three quarter inch as Microman. You saw the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, that yeah, episode. Yeah, I remember all. Yeah, of this. yeah, this is amazing. Yeah. So, but they were three three quarter, and then Fisher Price was making five points of articulation. Actually, maybe four points because the heads, some of the heads did moved and some didn't. Uh, so four or five points of articulation. Adventure people. Right, right, yeah. Uh, and, you know, they had space ones, and they had safari and That's all awesome. that. And if you look on, you can Google this, uh, and, and it's in a lot of books and magazines. Uh, the original prototypes for the Star Wars figures are modified adventure people, Fisher-Price adventure was, people. Does that take away from that story of where the head guy, they, they went, how big you want these to be then? And he it went, does. that big. Yes. And they measured his fingers, and it was three-quarter, three, yes. three and three-quarter inches. Because that, I think it was in the uh, Steve Sansweet book, you know, that uh, square oh, right, gold with right. the Darth Vader head? Because yeah, yeah. I had always read that as well, and it's very common amongst collectors. But the fact that the prototypes are... Adventure people, right? Uh, and the fact that micronauts were hanging around and adventure Unless people at three he three had quarter said that before that, and it kind of coincidentally kind of matched. I don't up. think so. Were those adventure figures exactly three and three quarter inches? I believe so. Very close. Because I used to play with my adventure people with the Star Wars right, figure. Right. They might have been four, you know, slightly bigger, but right. they were pretty darn close. We may have uh, we may have dug up a controversy here. Oh, Something it's always for, been controversial. Uh, for a mysterious toy no, no, hunter amongst, to go out there and find out if... Uh, no, amongst toy collectors. Oh, this collector. is already a discussion? Oh, yeah. Come on, go to Rebel Scum. <laughs> did he really finger it or not? Go to... Yeah, did he finger the, the figure? Uh, go go to, the, the you know, Rebel Scum or any of these. It's, right. it's, common, it's common talk amongst the... If you go to Star Wars Celebration, as a collector, you could spend your entire time attending panels... Discussing collect yeah, and I do it a lot because you get the special uh, right, right. little metal metallic uh, figure awesome. if you attend a past awesome. panel. Toys that made us kids. I can't tell you how much I enjoy the show. It is so much fun. Even if you're not into toys or you're not of the age of a lot of these toys, it is so well done as an incredibly interesting documentary that you really should check it out. Cannot wait for the movies that made us. Yes, as well as more toys Any that made us. Also, if you follow what's his name, is it? It's Brad. Is it Brad Weirkoff? I think his great name's he's the guy behind the show. Oh, Mark. Uh, oh, shoot. One of them's uh, Brad something. And the other one is yeah. Mark. Uh, he's interviewed a lot. If and you follow he's Brad on Instagram, he's constantly doing cool little videos. Okay. Unboxing videos. All no, right. unboxing videos of toys he's gotten for his oh, collection. Okay. So, yeah, the other day he got, uh, he unboxed his new thing, and it was a prototype for, uh, okay, remember the Amigo Star Wars figures? Yeah. And there was a period... Oh, sorry. Uh, the, sorry, uh, Star Trek. Uh, oh, yes. When they, there was a period where they wanted to take all the Amigo accessories and blow them up to kid size so the kids could actually play with them, right? So what he opened in the mail was... They never made them. Okay. But they did make the prototypes. Ah. And he got the phaser prototype in oh, the mail with belts. So he's basically got the one prototype of the belt and phaser that is the blown up version of the Mego accessory. I will have yeah. to uh, look yeah, that up. Just fresh the other day I was watching. Okay. Yeah, on Instagram. So either way, kids, Toys That Made Us, badass. Uh, check it out. 